listening to I hope that's on the ballot. Get, getting that screen to drop down quicker. They they have ignored our request. They have ignored our request. <laughs> Sorry for everybody who missed my awesome air I, guitar. I know. <laughs> the I, effort I, is still there, my friends. We'll have to put that on the outtakes. I'm Dooner, by the way. This is What the Truck, and I'm here with... Michael Vincent, the dude. How's everybody going? Hey, it's a beautiful day here in Chattanooga. The heart of Freight Alley. You know, we turn the clocks back, and a lot of people yeah. get, all, uh, get all angry about this. But I liked it. You know, I wake up at 6.45, and it feels like I felt rested. I'm like, this is good. Yeah, for that one day, or does that continue throughout the season? No, I think it'll, it'll stay that way. It, will, it yeah. does for you? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I, I always contend that we should just move the clocks back in the fall and the spring, you know, really just slowly change things up throughout the, you know, decade. Yeah. Hey, is anything <laughs> happening this week? <laughs> right? Nothing? I, I heard there might be something. <laughs> no, it's a pretty uneventful week, I think. <sighs> well, it's all in a name, Michael. The New York Times <laughs> released a list of voter preferences oh, yeah. based on the 10 most popular Male and female names. The top five for Trump are Richard, Thomas, William, Nancy, and Michael. Boring guys for Trump. And then the top five for Biden are Elizabeth, Patricia. Interesting, all women. Elizabeth, Patricia, Lisa, Barbara, and Karen. Yeah, so uh, let me show you my shocked face. <laughs> kind of feels like you could guess that list, doesn't it? It, it does a little bit. It does a little bit. <laughs> Who's voting for Trump? Boring white dudes. Yeah. No, it's been a tough year for Karen's, too. <laughs> yeah, it has. It has been a very tough year for Karen's. Amen. My you friend. did have a Pew fact, though. Yeah. And well, yeah, that's right. I mean, an interesting uh, poll on, on the Pew research, and maybe I can do this quick and, and get it out. But so it's the perception of the voters by party affiliation, right? So 59% of the Republicans are very or fairly satisfied with the candidates, while 42% of the Democrats expressed the same view. The only margin larger was Obama over McCain in 2008, which was a 25% spread. Uh, yeah, and it goes back, the, the chart went back to like 1992, and Clinton was the only uh, one who won against the poll, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. Well, which is, we'll see what has to we'll happen. We'll see what happens, man. I we'll think see I might if have Karen to... and Patricia and Elizabeth show up at the yeah. poll. Well, we also we also have we also have our big events. We got the uh, yeah. Venture Tech Summit. We got Live at Home, which is the WrestleMania freight. We'll get into a preview at the end of the show on that. Uh, we also got some news here on a Russian oligarch. You ever you hear about this one? So this is almost like at a 007 RIP Sean Connery. But a Russian oligarch named the Sausage King has been murdered with a crossbow. His name is Vladimir Marugov and his partner. They were in an outdoor sauna. So they're in the sauna. They're just relaxing, having a great time in the Russian countryside when two master assailants came by. And they put a hole in them with that crossbow. Unbelievable. <laughs> it does sound like a... And then cut to the barrel and then countryside chase, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you, know, you got to cut to the victims in the pool with like yeah. the blood bubbling in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. in, the, in, the, in the sauna jet. Yeah. <laughs> For one million dollars. Yeah. So Vlad is gone. The sausage king. The wow. Sausage King, the Sausage King. But you know who's not? We're joined by some great guests today. We're going to have Bill Clement. He's the president of Specialized Solutions at CRST. We're going to have Michael Cascanato. He's the president at Robinson Fresh. Trent Zuberi is going to play it forward. Associate Manager, Logistics, Finance, and Freight Playables. The Kraft Heinz Company. He's going to have the most metal play it forward we've done. And also Rodney Timps, founder of ATTACA. Those are uh, Truckers Against Trafficking Group, right? Yeah, yeah. Attica is yeah. the way he, and uh, there's a reason for that. Why? Uh, well, he, if you're uh, uh, abused children, you should be in prison, is what he said. Okay. Yeah, I so, agree. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. agree. Hey, let's tip the band on the road and off of it. The Axle Fuel Card's got your back. Get the credit you need to help your fleet trucking. 
to help keep your fleet trucking. Plus, loyalty points and rewards are waiting at your next stop. Get approval at AxleFuelCar.com. Subject to approval, terms and conditions do apply. Yeah, man. Go there directly after the show. Go right after the show. All right, let's get <laughs> into the headlines. Boom, right. boom, boom, boom. All right, headline number one, freight brokerage. Embrace the power of drop-only trailers, right? I love that. Yeah. I love that. John Paul Hampstead did a big report. Go to FreightWaves.com to read the whole thing. But John Paul Hampstead reports that supply chain dislocation and tight truck capacity have intensified shippers' demand for power-only drop trailer solutions, accelerating a trend that's been years in the making. And a lot of us have been screaming at the mountaintops because it's just so convenient. <laughs> when Night Swift reported its third quarter earnings in October, transportation analysts hailed the, the giant carrier for achieving operating ratio parity with its Knight and Swift branded fleets. But buried in the presentation was a number that spoke big to their transformation. It's the number 30%. That is the percentage of Knight Swift logistics truckload moves that were power only, meaning the brokers hired a tractor without a trailer, right? On its move. That's exactly right. And the Knight Swift logistics, the division there is $400 million uh, in revenue per year for their freight brokerage. So that is not by any means an insignificant amount of volume that's sitting there. What's even more impressive is that the number of the power only moves nearly doubled in a year, growing by 87% compared to the third quarter in 2019, Dooner. And the executives at Knight Swift said that while building the power only business has been a priority, the momentum is due in large part to, uh, to the customer demand. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because again, once you once you get a taste for it, why would you go back? Yeah, I it makes so know. much more sense. Other companies who've already uh, who are making the switch and they're making waves in that space are Arrive and Uber Freight's Power Loop. Today, about twenty percent of Arrive's total volume is drop and hook freight. Internal sources at Arrive revealed that the six-year-old freight brokerage recently hit the one billion revenue run rate. Congratulations, guys! So twenty percent of that, though, is that drop and hook operation. Yeah. Uber Freight claims that power loop system, it cuts dwell time by 30%. Not, I don't have as many numbers on them. Yeah, no, I mean, it it makes perfect sense, right? I think the only barrier to that is shippers that maybe don't have the dock door capacity or the yard capacity or the hustlers to be able to move things in and out of the doors efficiently, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that would hold There's a few challenges. You got trailer ownership, repositioning of trailer assets, and just liability of getting in the right place. But if you can get involved in a network that takes care of all that stuff, you have that figured out. What a time saver your drivers are going to love oh, it, Oh, yeah, too. absolutely. Drivers yeah. would love it. Efficiency is tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's a, here's a theme that's been cropping up, too. 2018 redo. Great year in trucking. Truck buying, right? The binge? Yeah. Is it borrowing into the future? So does a second 2018 mean a second 2019 with record bankruptcies? Well, Alan Adler looked into it. And he says, here we go again. Orders for Class A trucks, you know, they were through the roof, setting records in 2018 due to tax cuts. Mm-hmm. This year, freight demand, right, and trailers being driven by demand for household spending on consumer goods. Yeah, a- absolutely. Houseboat, what is up uh, 1.4% mm-hmm. in, in September. So, you know, buyers of the new and late model used trucks are both shopping, even as uncertainty surrounds the new wave. Uh, of the coronavirus infections that seems to be taking up in certain places and possibility of lockdowns, I guess we're talking about now. But the catalyst of higher Class 8 orders, freight demand and carrier profitability mm. are both extremely strong, as we've been reporting, and you guys know as, as well as we do out there. The reasons for the cycle are exactly the same. Kenneth Veith, uh, president and senior analyst at ACT Research, told FreightWaves, uh, but it's a totally different set of circumstances that's driving it, right? So it's the, the same but different. It's the same but different. <laughs> same results, different different catalyst, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I must uh, give that uh, a little uh, macho, man. I, I should have <laughs> given Elizabeth when I was talking about the voter. I should have given that a, uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> really flubbed that one. 
Like well, getting newer trucks, right? Getting newer trucks on the road, though, it's reducing the age of trucking fleets. And ACT estimates that uh, for population of trucks 11 years and newer, the average age is 4.9 years, the lowest since 2008. A lot of that driven a little bit by demand, but also because newer drivers, they don't know how to use the stick. Yeah. Have you ever done it? <laughs> a stick? Yeah. The yeah old, I'm the not old, fantastic. The though. old power shifter. Yeah, you don't get as much practice these days, though. Yeah, no, definitely not. No. And when I was trying to learn, we had C800s at Roadway, and none of them had the same gears. Yeah. They were so old. <laughs> well, <laughs> 20 years old when we were driving them. <laughs> here's some good news for you. Five items, truckers. This is a list that Nick Austin put together. This is from the umbrella of Nick Austin. Five items truckers should carry to survive winter storms, right? He's got on this list kitty litter, a shovel, putty knife, Cash and food in the form of canned and dry goods. Isn't he missing like the most crucial item ever, though? I, I know from living in the Northeast is an ice scraper. Ice scraper be important. Uh, washer fluid, maybe some boots. Yeah. <laughs> clean underwear. Clean underwear. Yeah. Your mother always said, don't yeah. leave home without clean, <laughs> clean underwear. Clean underwear. No. You definitely. Know, some chargers. Yeah. So maybe some, some yeah, some chargers. Uh, matches would be good. Warm clothes. Warm <laughs> yeah, clothes warm a clothes. big one, too. <laughs> and uh, Taco Bell hot sauce. Remember that guy who survived for like uh, three weeks yeah, with his Taco yeah. Bell well, hot sauce? Well, you want a variety. Maybe a little ketchup. Every time yeah. you go to fast food or something, just grab a couple extra packs. You can live on ketchup and mayonnaise and hot sauce. How long do you think it would take to, like, die if you were just eating ketchup or you're stuck in a truck? I, I believe, like, two days and you'd just say, forget yeah. it. I'm not eating ketchup anymore. Because there's too much salt in there? <laughs> yeah, that's just too much. They'll just find you, like, beef jerky, like, all just dried out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mummified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Inside <laughs> outwards. Well, we got our first guest right now. It's Bill Clement. He's the president of Specialized Solutions at CRST. Bill, thank you so much for joining us on the air today. You might notice we have uh, one of your lovely hats sitting right here on the table. It's almost I, like I a, see that. Our, our marketing department is right on top of this. It's almost like a, it's a very interesting, and I don't know if the cameras can pick this up, but it's, uh, it's almost like a snake skin or soccer ball, as you yeah. said. It was a very nice print, though. It's kind of, it's very eye-catching. Yeah, yeah, well, they're yours now. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we love them, and they'll keep our heads warm, because it was cold this morning in Chattanooga. But, hey, Bill, introduce yourself real quick to our audience here who may not be familiar with you or CRST. Well, I, I, as you said, my name is Bill, but my given name is William, which puts me at number three on your Trump typical voter list. <laughs> <laughs> I know, well, shocking. Michael's five. I, I'm yeah, number five, I, so hey, you're in good company. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's good to be there. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, I, I head up the specialized division here, so it's not just Final Mile, but uh, traditionally it's uh, the high-value products division. So we handle freight. It's just difficult to handle, has unique requirements, usually can't uh, support um, movement without blanket wrapping and special handling. Uh, typically, things that you when you when things go bump in the night and you damage them, it gets very expensive. So as you can imagine, you know, MRI machines, medical equipment, we even ship motorcycles for vacationers, um, all the products that typically require two people, a lift gate, and, and some interaction with either a business or a home for the delivery. Wow. Well, you know, we just had our final mile summit about a, a week or two ago, right? Yeah. And CRST has spent a uh, significant investment into final mile this year, and it seems like a good year to be doing that uh, if you're at our final mile. We heard all about that. So has the investment lived up to expectations from your end, though? Yeah, the, the short answer is absolutely. But as you can imagine, every acquisition comes with a story. This is no exception. We, uh, we began looking at North American Logistics Group, NALG, last summer 
it was an absolute perfect fit for us. They brought the capabilities around dedicated final mile that we didn't have at the time. We do have a nationwide offering. We go to all 42,000 plus zip codes uh, from the final mile side, but based around our nationwide LTL network. So really this was a perfect match. Very strong senior management team, excellent operating uh, capabilities and team out in the field across the country. Um, the acquisition took time and we completed it on February 28th, started high-fiving each other, visited their headquarters, introduced ourselves, and two weeks later, global pandemic sets in. I freshen up my resume, and uh, <laughs> the timing seemed um, very poor at the time. But as you mentioned, so March was challenging, April was challenging, we turned a corner in May, and since June, it's just been overwhelmingly fantastic. We have a, a great, great and expanding customer base. We have great capabilities. Um, you know, we believe this market is forming uh, to, to a few, let's say a handful or so of uh, mid-tier to larger players. We're one of those players now. Um, so we, we really couldn't be happier. But I can tell you the first two or three months, we're dicey, uh, but now that just it's just gangbusters. The volumes are very strong, and we we expect them to continue to be strong. So you do you, you so Bill. I was going to ask you that question. Is you know the first couple months were rough, like you said, and then it exploded over the summer. Do you see, uh, like you mentioned, this just the surge continuing and and future growth in this area in the final mile, even say post uh, post pandemic, if we ever get there. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, uh, I try to stay out of the prediction and forecasting business. Um, and and the, the real answer is we don't know, right? But it, it seems as though the Amazon effect on small packages clearly had already spilled over into big and bulky items. Um, there was gaining traction, solid growth. But it may be that the pandemic has and likely has really pushed that forward. You know, I like to say that some things have been pushed forward. Um, I think big and bulky consumer acceptance of buying online, big and, uh, the, the larger items, there's real traction. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of a witch's brew of there's stimulus money out there. There's this, uh, I believe, a change in discretionary income. So people were going to restaurants. They were traveling, taking vacations. Now they're home. I think they're taking a lot of that money and putting it into their home. So, we, you know, the consumer electronics business the consumer appliances business, uh, in-home fitness. I know I put on my COVID-19 pounds. Um, so that furniture, all these big bulky items that we think we're really good at, um, there seems to be real permanent traction, but I don't think we'll know until probably the middle of 2021, whether it was that witch's brew of all those other items um, where new discretionary money has been targeted toward this area, or if if people are now just super comfortable with ordering just about anything online and having it uh, delivered to their home. Hey, Bill, what was consumer resistance to the big and bulky space? People just not familiar with ordering that way or what, what were the issues be? What was the barrier there? Yeah, well, I, I can tell you, I can remember distinctly saying, well, I would never buy clothes online because, you know, you like to feel them in the store and make sure they're the right kind of thing. And obviously, Everyone in the world has gotten over that. And I think big things like TVs and uh, appliances, people like to go in and see them and touch them and talk to a salesperson. 
But I, I just think it's that Amazon effect. It's just trickled on over. And now, you know, people are just very, very comfortable with it. And, and so I, I think it, there's, it's clearly a permanent shift. I think the retailers uh, have done, you know, some of the retailers have done an amazing job embracing this shift. And, you know, startups that are just all e-commerce, like the Wayfarers of the world, clearly they're in a, they're in a good position. And, and so retailers need to compete. And this is just the, this is the way of the world. It's, uh, uh, it's a home delivery world. And uh, I think it's going to continue. Yeah, that's it's very interesting. You talk about the future and, and not really knowing whether, you know, waiting till the mid 2021 really to see if this this sticks in in the volumes that it is right now and potentially grows. And I think a lot of that would have to do with, you know, the experience of the consumer and the retailers with the final mile uh, delivery services that are going on. So what I'd like to ask you is what, what makes your final mile product stand out in this marketplace? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think you nailed it right there. We're, you have to be really good in the execution of the delivery. And so for us, I think we're fortunate in that, that this division of CRST is a spinoff of the old North American van line. So we really have a rich history in going into homes and, and, and with professionalism, making white glove deliveries, taking uh, away the dunnage and things in, in that interaction. And whenever you have a white glove uh, service, people have very, very high expectations. And in some respects, uh, a homeowner has a higher expectation than a hospital with an MRI machine delivery. It's really amazing. So you have to be great on that actual delivery. And when things go wrong, you have to have a white glove customer service department behind it. And so for me, we really stand out in that regard. We're at what I would call a large, but not uh, one of the two big players in the market. Um, so we are intent on keeping our, what I would call a small company feel as we scale this up. And, and, and I think that, that really uh, makes us stand out in the marketplace, and, and, and we think we're, we're very well positioned. Well, that's excellent. Um, so if people want to learn more information, take advantage of this new offering that you have, where should we send them to? Sure. Easiest thing to, to do is go to crst.com. It, it's, it's very quick to find our final mile section, our specialized solution section. And, uh, you know, we have people uh, answering calls and t- taking uh, feedback from the Internet at, at uh, all times. So we'd, we'd welcome it. We are uh, looking to expand on this and, uh, and grow that customer base. And it was great. Hey, I, I got to tell you, this is a, a career highlight for me, Dooner and the Dude. I mean, I'm in now. <laughs> so happy it, to have you on here, Bill. It doesn't get I, any better. Well, really. no, it, it does. It does. I'll have to it give does? a little cowbell. Wow. That's for you, Bill. <laughs> thank, wow. you, thank you so much, man. Thanks, guys. Hey, we appreciate having you on. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it's an interesting space to me, right? Yeah. The, the, the change in what's going on. And, and I really believe that he's, he's dead on. The, the perfect delivery, that experience that they already have, because that's what that's what gets it right. If you have a bad experience on some of these things, because when you talk about the bigger, bulkier items, you're talking about things that you're more vested in. Right. Yeah. It's not just a small gadget or a piece of clothing. Yeah. It's furniture. It's uh, so, your Peloton. Yeah. But you wouldn't order a like refrigerator online or something. 
Yeah, I, I would. But, yeah. I mean, depending on how, you know, how long does it take to get there, how the delivery goes, you might. But usually it's even better because then they take your old fridge with you. Which is beautiful. I know. Absolutely. I know. Solves yeah. a big problem. All right, let's get to Michael Castagneto. He's the president at Robinson Fresh. Uh, he, I wonder if he's over in Eden Prairie like the, uh, the rest of the team. Michael, thanks for joining us on the air today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And yes, I am in Eden Prairie with the rest of the team. <laughs> How are things out that way? You were having some weather last week. I haven't checked the forecast, though. Uh, you know, significantly better this week, which uh, wasn't a hard bar to get over because last uh, the last two weeks have been pretty, uh, pretty rough for the Midwest for middle of October. So happy to see you get a little sunshine this week. Well, you guys did a survey and you put out an article about uh, all these trends and these these changes, right? These shifts in uh out of so people ordering from grocery stores is basically mm-hmm. is basically what's going right. Three hundred percent jump in online grocery sales, and there were some there were a couple of callouts here that were really interesting to me. It was one of them was seven out of ten shoppers who have been buying produce online in the past few months plan to continue to do so after the pandemic. And I'm sure for for your team, especially scaling out, that's something you really want to know. But it, it seems like some of these habits are here to stay that we've learned over the past few months. Yeah, it was interesting. I got to hear the end of your uh, previous segment. And, and, you know, my answer was, I think, in terms of the fresh food industry, uh, that change is here to stay. Um, you know, it was it was happening already, you know, uh, online or omni-channel uh, purchasing in, in the fresh space was increasing pre-pandemic. Um, but it really took what was a trend and made it a obviously a significant impact to the supply chain overall. And, and we believe that uh, when we get back to whatever normal is, uh, there, there's going to be a, a pretty good portion of that, that that stays in some form of home delivery or omni-channel, whether that's delivery, whether it's click and collect where you pick it up outside, um, whether it's you, you choose some of your order beforehand and then choose the, the last part of it in person when you're there. Uh, we think that's here to stay. You know, one of the neat stats that we saw in the fresh industry is is 54% of online consumers bought produce for the first time uh, during this change. And, and so getting to the point where people are willing to trust fresh, which is the last item to buy online usually, because people do want to see, uh, um, you know, in the, in the case of fresh produce, they want to um, really have that experience. Uh, to see that kind of shift is something that we're pretty uh, confident is going to lead to significant consumer behavior changes. Yeah, absolutely. And in that same thing, 48% of the consumers preferred the delivery over the uh, uh, the pickup at the store. A lot of changes that went on because of the pandemic and a lot of things accelerated, as you pointed out. What are some of those challenges that this really hits in the, in the supply chain that you've had to adjust to? Well, you know, certainly the, the shift or surge in volume uh, we saw from food service or meals away from home $50 billion in the last six months um, has created a Hey, Michael, hold on one second. They're going to, uh, they're, they're going to up your sound. There's a little issue with your sound, if, if you guys could mute that. Um, the other thing I found interesting was that more males, right? Not meals, more males state they prefer delivery to, uh, to the at-home. Does that really shock you? To go into the store. I don't know. The one thing that frustrates me is just uh, going through the app and just like trying to find everything I want. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm not. A, I'd go, I go. I, I target shop. Yeah. Not at Target, but I go, I get, I leave. I don't look. I think they got so. Michael rebuffered up. Hey, Michael. All right. Cool. 
Excellent. Hey, uh, sorry. So what, what I was saying, what we've seen uh, the biggest changes is, is the shift in management of that supply chain from first mile to last mile. Um, when, when that surge of uh, volume shifted from food service, which tends to be a, uh, a very um, localized delivery model, and it had to shift into retail. Um, I'm not sure if you're still struggling to hear me. No, no we're good. No, we're good. Okay. Um, you know, what we saw across our platform, Navisphere, is that you, you had a lot of uh, volume shift into retail where their asset capabilities are pretty limited. They're already preset. They have X number of uh, square footage of cold space. They have X numbers of refrigerated trucks. Well, at the same time, you had the food service industry that has a lot of smaller trucks all of a sudden having excess capacity. And so one of the things that makes us unique is that we were able to combine those two supply chains through our scalability and utilize some of those underutilized assets in food service and shift them to some of our retail customers uh, to solve that supply chain issue. Um, you know, our expectation is that, you know, fresh has always been an industry that operated in a just-in-time inventory position just due to the perishability. Um, but customers are having to build almost a just-in-case plan because those volumes are so uh, um, volatile. And, and we expect that uh, while it's stabilized, it, it hasn't stopped. And so there was the massive surge at the end of March um, and then, you know, kind of this unknown period in April. And now we're back into models that have variances now by local or state municipalities based on different rules, different levels of restaurant activity. Um, we're seeing cases now that are going up and down. So you're seeing instead of it being a natural uh, freight cycle, it's very much a localized freight cycle based on the behavior of that marketplace. And so a customer that in the past would say, this is my new normal, I'm going to invest in more cold storage space, or I'm going to invest in more trucks, they're just not ready to do that because they're not sure how long this is going to go for. And so access to that uh, capacity, access to our 10 million square feet under refrigeration across the country, you know, our ability to flex up or down in the supply chain um, and utilizing uh, carriers who, who might have been doing one business model before and are now doing another, uh, that's some value that we think uh, you know, we've really been able to offer our customers in the fresh supply chain specifically. Hey, Michael, spoilage is probably one of the you know, biggest challenges when you're talking about perishables. I mean, with, you know, with perishables, you're talking about inventory that literally can expire and, and, yeah. and go bad right on the shelf. Has this shift to online buying in terms of the challenges it creates? Do you, are, are stores seeing more spoilage? Are they seeing less? Are goods moving more rapidly? What's happening there? You know, so a lot of our customers are trying to manage this in a couple different ways. Um, one of the biggest things we saw is, is a reduction in overall number of items offered. They've really tried to focus on these are the core items that people are buying, and these are the items that uh, um, we know what those numbers are going to be. Um, everybody who's been in a produce department, as an example, over the last few years has just seen the explosion of the number of items available and, and all the different variety. And we saw a lot of customers pull back. On, on those because they were struggling to manage that spoilage because the um, order patterns were not following a historical norm. And so we do expect to see a continued focus by in all fresh categories. We, I heard the same on a panel I was on with some folks from the beef industry where they're cutting down the number of different items they're offering. And, and so it's allowing them to focus on the core volume drivers and to, to remove some of that lost uh, sales and spoilage that you absolutely see when your purchasing patterns don't follow your history. To your point now, 
some customers fulfill online orders out of the warehouse. Some of them fulfill them out of the store. Um, now their inventories are fluctuating in ways that are across multiple inventory levels, and that's a huge risk. And so we expect to have to help help them solve that through our information uh, um, advantage and the and certainly the inventory management systems that we operate and, and help give them good guidance in terms of how to adjust their order patterns. But you are 100% correct. They love the new sales at retail, but they need to make sure that they don't give away some of that by uh, seeing those spoilage increases across the departments. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking about the volumes of, of and the shift in purchasing habits, we're obviously going into a big food buying season with Thanksgiving right around the corner. Um, so uh, what do you see as, as, as this season looking like, the challenges that are there, the volumes, et cetera? You know, I think the biggest unknown is is how many people are traveling and what does that do to the kind of size of the Thanksgiving gathering and the overall purchasing patterns. Um, you know, Thanksgiving is one of the largest food holidays of the year. Um, and and what our customers are trying to figure out is, is where are those purchases going to be if people aren't traveling as much? And, and how do you best service the consumer who maybe isn't buying for a, a gathering of 10 or 12 and is now get, you know buying for a gathering of four to six? And so we're, we're seeing packaging adjustments. We're seeing questions on pack sizes, you know, uh, you know, the traditional potatoes for Thanksgiving, you know, in the past, they might've carried a 20 pound potato for the Thanksgiving poll. Now they're going to carry a five pound. And, and so adjusting down to what that could look like. Um, but we also do expect to have to do somewhat like a March, April inventory management, the, a surge again with an unknown, uh, you know, every day is a bit unknown. And so we're being asked by our customers to, to utilize that network, that flexible and adaptable supply chains, and, and to build a little bit of a buffer with more of a rolling inventory. Uh, to your point, in fresh, it's in hours and, and days. It's not uh, weeks and months. And so yeah. you, you have to be able to flex up and down very quickly. You have to be able to flex geographically and not only from growing region, um, which means trucks heading across the country, but from a, a localized perspective of we need product here tomorrow, not we need product here next week. Well, Michael, it sounds like you got your hands full with uh, the holiday season coming up, two big eating holidays, as, as Michael Vincent alluded to over there. <laughs> so we'll let you get back to work. But if people want to learn more information about Robinson Fresh, where should we send them? Uh, certainly uh, two, two websites for our company, right? chrobinson.com as, as an overall uh um, enterprise. And then within that, you can click on robinsonfresh.com and learn about what we do specifically in the fresh supply chain space. So thank you very much for the time today and uh, really enjoy talking with you guys. Take care. Have a good one. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. You know, he, he mentioned that about the holiday. Like, for example, this year, my, my parents are up in the Boston area. My wife's parents are up in Connecticut. We are not traveling back for Thanksgiving. Because we yeah. have kids, we got dogs, but we're going to go for two weeks in uh, for Christmas. So I wonder if a lot of people are consolidating the holidays this year. They probably are, but yeah. there's there's some of us that are expanding the holidays because yeah. of the college football season. Oh, you just go nonstop. Well, I, I have I'm having two Thanksgivings this year because oh. Ohio State always plays Michigan on yeah. the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and that won't happen till December 9th. So I'll have Thanksgiving again on December 7th uh. to keep the tradition alive. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> and there's a lot of us in Buckeye Nation, so watch out for that second Thanksgiving. Hey, a couple of folks near Mark Penna. He says, uh, consumer electronics and technology services are what's, protect, what's protected, projected maybe, for major growth in the next decade. I think he means projected. 
He said protected. Mark Howard says more cowbell always, sir. And uh, Nico Brown's here as well. He says, how much of the fresh livery do you expect to continue long term? Well, Nico, I mean, sky's the limit right there. Hey, let's get our next guest. Trent Zubies, associate manager, logistics, yeah. finance, and freight payables over at the, Cla- the Kraft Heinz Company. And he is going to play us the most metal play it forward we've ever had on the show. Horns wait. up. I'm stoked. You do the horns over at Ohio State? Do the horns. Or is it the Buckeyes? With the horns, hook them horns. No. Texas. Hey, Trent, what's up, man? O H. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> you, uh, wow. So you're like you're like a kindred spirit of mine too. You're you're uh, what, you're big into wrestling. You're a wrestling producer out there in Chicago, but you're also like like when I was looking into your background, I pictured like Marky Mark in uh, in Rockstar. Like you're the guy with like the eyeliner <laughs> fixing the copier after Marky playing Mark. like the metal show the night before. <laughs> I have such a weird. Um, my, my dynamic is weird because, like, yeah, I, I work a very corporate job at, for Kraft Heinz, right? Desk guy. Uh, hair goes into a ponytail then, but I have, you know, it's 5 o'clock, the hair comes down. But I am in a metal band for the last 16 years. You know, we have six albums out. Uh, we've done tours, you know, we worldwide radio play, music video play, things like that. And um, and then pro wrestling. I, I'm a big pro wrestling guy. I work for AAW Pro here in Chicago. It's one of the biggest independents in the country. I'm a, one of the producers there, and I've done some work for Impact Wrestling recently, which is I uh, used to be called TNA Wrestling, and they're on Access TV. So I uh, was just recently down there for their tapings uh, in Nashville. So, uh, yeah, it's a weird dynamic, man. But then you know, it all—it all go—that all goes into a closet, you know, uh, at you know <laughs> at night, and then I go back to the corporate job of, of logistics and you know dealing with with LTLs and truckloads and all that stuff and all the the crap that comes with uh, the logistics field. But then yeah. you know, I go back, let the hair get back down, and I go back to you know get the get, get my base back out and get my wrestling back on TV, and that's how we go. So you're like the uh, <laughs> CM Punk of logistics. You dropping pipe bombs in there, cutting promos on people over at Kraft. <laughs> I usually do. Uh, we're both Chicago guys, both uh, straight edge guys. So yeah, I have a little bit in con- I knew him from the independents here years ago. Uh, worked out the same gym actually. He was. Uh, you know, not the friendliest guy, but we yeah. see each other every now and then. <laughs> he has a reputation. Well, you yeah. have an awesome video. Should we let's hey, let's rock out. Let's hear your right. video real quick, and then we'll jump right back to you and we'll talk to you about it. Yeah, I think it's just a lyric video, so yeah, check that out. of it you cut it uh, you cut it off at the, at the breakdown you gotta get the breakdown there's a solo in there come on no i'm linking to this so for those of you who are listening to this click the link in the show notes or click the link in the article and you'll be able to see the full music video by you and your band but uh man, yeah what uh, what inspired that dig 
Oh man, we um that one shoot man. I was I was you know probably a breakup or something. I was really angry at the ex and uh it inspired an entire album that came out a couple years ago. That was a uh, that was our album called Avalon by the band Hemi. And uh no, a really successful album by us, man. We've had um a couple songs from that one go on to uh they got used for for Impact Wrestling for their uh pay-per-views. It was on Access TV, Pop TV played it as well. So that one got some worldwide stuff. Sony six over in India played that uh, premier sports in England. There was a lot of uh, that album got a lot, a lot of worldwide um, rotation for sure. I absolutely loved it, man. I thought it was unbelievable. The first time I heard it though, without seeing the title, I thought, why is he so mad about rebate checks? Oh yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> but I was, he did not get his rebate check. Somebody get this man his check. I, I literally only got, I got mine on Friday. Friday. They sent it to my old house. So for <laughs> my tax return, it took forever go. to get it. I could, I would have been yelling rebate checks like that video. <laughs> hey, so what do you, what, what do you do with your day job? Cause you haven't quit it yet. Not that I'm saying don't quit no. your day job. Cause I thought you did an awesome <laughs> job. But what you, what's uh, what's business like over at uh, Kraft Heinz from uh, your seat? Well, you know, I, so I deal with all the, uh, the logistics finance, you know, as far as any carrier invoicing, things of that nature. Uh, obviously, as you guys can imagine, we had a big surge uh, when the pandemic hit, I mean, box goods, like what Kraft makes, you know, mac and cheese uh, right off the bat being the the number one hit, the the top of the charts. It was, uh, you know, we we had a big surge. I mean, thing, pe- products like ours were were go-tos, man. When when the panic set in and, and when things people were freaking out, it's like, what what can we stock our, our cabinets with? And it was stuff like ours. So uh, there was a big surge in, 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 in freight. You know, Kraft does about... Uh, anywhere from 2,500 to 3,000 shipments a day. So there's a lot of trucks being dispatched from craft facilities. You know, there's a lot going on, whether it's small parcel or uh, full truck loads, whatever it might be. There is a lot of freight bills to handle. So uh, anything that comes through for you for uh, U.S. and Canada is coming across my desk to make sure everything's taken care of. I work with U.S. Bank a lot. They're kind of our payment partner arm. Uh, so we work with U.S. Bank on, on uh, you know, just match, matching things up, making sure things lined up, care of contracts being fulfilled. Um, everybody's timely, everything's looking good. So it all comes through my desk. I work with a lot of procurement folks, a lot of, uh, you know, planning teams. So there's a, Kraft has a multi-level uh, setup where, you know, it's it's freight payables, works with procurement, who works with transplanting, who works with the facilities and warehousing. So we have a nice team that just kind of leans on each other to make sure it's all taken care of. So can can I can I ask a stupid question? Do the honors. Sure. The I, well, I was, I, I this one's not on the wheel. I just, I just made it up. Oh, you may, oh you have one. I, okay. I have a All stupid. Right. Qu- I know it's hard to believe wheel. that. I know it's hard to believe that the dude would actually have something stupid to ask. All right, but Trent, so <laughs> beware. This is off wheel. <laughs> this is off wheel. Any it could go off anywhere, wheel. man. Okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> now we were talking earlier. So the supplies that you need that a trucker needs to have in their cab with them during winter driving season, in case they get stuck, right? Like kitty litter. Mm-hmm. Uh, ice scraper, that type of stuff. And one of the things was, you know, food inside there to sustain you. And the argument or the discussion was, mm-hmm. should ketchup be involved in that? And if so, how long can ketchup sustain you in, uh, as just your only, sub, your only food staple? Listen, I work for Heinz, so I'm going to put ketchup over like, yeah. it's, like it's a gift from God. Okay, that's, yeah. that's how it is. <laughs> so, if I live in Chicago, a city that will, that will hang you for putting ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> I'll put it on my hot dog all day long. And ketchup <laughs> is actually fantastic. You know, I love ketchup. There's a lot of, look, you got your vegetable group in there. You know, you got, uh, you got a lot going on. You got, you got your water in there. You got, you got vinegar. You got oil. You got spices. I mean, ketchup is a hell of a condiment. It gets a bad rep sometimes. It's a hell of a condiment, though. 
No, I agree with you. I agree I'm with you. you, man. I'm with you. You know, if you just get mummified just eating that constantly, you know, I mean, it comes I, in the territory. I have, eaten ketchup. I have just sometimes had a crave just for a spoonful of ketchup. And you can't, no, I, sometimes you just want to taste the ketchup. Yeah. yeah, my my kids just use the French fries as a vehicle to get the ketchup into their mouth. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like no, those fun dip sticks. New, you know, like the, the fun dip sticks where you lick them and you stick them yeah. in the, yeah. the sugary. That's what you do with ketchup. Yeah. Exactly. And look, and by the way, and might I add, the new organic Heinz that just came out, totally great for kids. If you're a parent, you can't go yeah. wrong with the new organic Heinz that they got out now. Now, can you can you tell them to bring back the purple one and the green one? I don't think those are those are big enough sellers for me to convince them to bring them back. <laughs> people right. are freaked out putting purple ketchup on their hot dog. <laughs> I was into it. It was festive. It was festive. It was like eating a monster dog. Well, hey, Trent, people who want to listen to your music, they might want to watch the wrestling or they might want to drink some ketchup. How do they connect with you? <laughs> you guys can get me. Uh, my personal Twitter is Trent Zuberi, uh, T-R-E-N-T-Z-U-B-E-R-I. And then the band is Hemi Music. Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, we have our, I mean, you type in hemimusic.com, it comes right up. Every, all the links are there. But uh, the pro wrestling is at AAW Pro on all the social medias. That's the one I primarily produce for here in Chicago. And then Impact Wrestling, I, like I said, I do some work with them too. So check them out as well. But um, uh, I'm also a wrestling podcaster. I do a, co- a show called Total Nonstop Impact. We talk Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. So if you're into a podcast, you want to you sit down, more of a morning zoo type radio show. Uh, approach to wrestling, you know, that's, that's, that's where you can catch me, but, uh, I'm all over the place, man. I got so much going on as soon as this laptop shuts, you know, with, with freight, you know, all this other world opens up where music and podcasting and wrestling just takes over. (laughs) So it's a good thing. I don't have any kids. I would be, I'd be neglecting them like crazy with this kind of schedule. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I can, I can tell you're a podcaster too. You definitely know how to fill the air. It's true. Listen, I have to. I'm, I'm always pitching to my co-host. It's it's natural for me. You guys ever need a third guy in that seat? You let me know. I can I can fill all the dead air that it ever, ever may come up. Well, fantastic. Well, hey Trent, we really appreciate your time today, man. Thank you so much for coming I on. Thank, oh, it's an honor, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks for playing it forward with us. Thanks, man. Take care. And I think we should have Rodney Timms coming up next. Rodney Timms is, uh, well, you give us a little background on him. Yeah, so Rodney Timms, he's uh, founder of Attica.org. The, uh, what is it, All Truckers Together Against Child Abuse. Uh, we have him next. So, um, Rodney, how are you doing today? Hey, Rodney. I'm doing fine. How about yourself, sir? Doing great. Last we talked, you had no power or anything over there in Oklahoma. Are you doing better today? Are they getting the utilities restored? Yeah, we're doing a whole lot better. I mean, there's still 150,000 people without electric, but we're in a lot better shape than we were. That's that's half of what was out at one time. Unbelievable. Did you know that 300,000 people without electricity for over a week over there in Oklahoma City? Well, you know, uh, radio over the weekend didn't happen because yeah. uh, Zeta came through yeah. as well, and it knocked out our Ocean Spring studio in a... Uh, what is that? That's kind of near that Louisiana, yeah. Mississippi line, but I think it's also Memphis. I'm not exactly sure where Ocean Springs is, but they got hit bad. But Rodney, you are the founder of ATTACA, right? Attica. And you say that because, well, why is it called Attica? You tell us. Well, it's all truckers together against child abuse. And I've had people ask me, so, well, that's the name of a prison. I said, well, if you abuse your children, that's where you need to be. And they say, well, it's got the word attack and it's got kids in it. I said, exactly. We're attacking child abuse in this country. 
Yeah, that's great stuff. So how how did it come? To, how did it come to uh, be, Rodney? Give us give us your story. Okay, uh, I am a child abuse survivor. Uh, in my early teens, my dad got tired of me living. I guess he actually tried to beat me to death. He came close to getting it done that night, but uh, I'm still here, thank God. And uh, ever since then, I've been on a mission to try to help other kids, but been trying to build a business and all of that and didn't have a lot of time. But when I started getting time and recently retired, I started doing Attica full time because I tell people all the time, I can't sit in front of TV and watch those stories about child abuse without knowing I could at least be trying to do something to help and just sit there. I can't do that. I'm not made that way. So I have to get up and stir up, stir up people. You know, there's too many things in this country that people don't know. The mainstream media is never going to tell you that 80% of the murders in this country are committed by those that were abused. To me, that's shocking, and it should be to everybody. And that goes to 100% with serial killers. Wow. Yeah, well, it's that cycle of abuse, right? So when you're a kid, if you get abuse, it normalizes those situations. And, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but people do find safety or a draw in just replicating these these cycles of abuse. And, uh, you know, it's honorable of you to, to help try and break this. So how do you get people involved in your organization? How did you how did you start and how's that road been going so far? Well, we're doing fairly well. Uh, we're trying to get uh, truck drivers and everybody in the trucking business to join in to help us. We want to put billboards across America with those very things on it, like 80% of the murders in this country committed by those abused. The people don't know that. And I feel like if they know that, there's more, so many minds out there, people could start figuring it, hey, we got to help these people. The people that are the abusers need help, and so do the people being abused. Now, in my situation after that night, uh, I left home shortly thereafter, uh, was married by the time I was 16. But that being said, my whole desire after I got married, I was seeking out a job as a contract killer. And people tell me all the time, don't tell people that. It scares them. I said, it already scares the hell out of them because it's true and it's happening in our homes today in this country. We're creating what I refer to as homemade killers. We got to get it stopped. We got to recognize how bad of a problem it really is and then attack it somehow. And everybody's minds together, we can figure this out. I promise you, if we unite to stand together, we can bring uh, pretty much this stuff to an end by educating people. Yeah, well, very well said. Very well said, Rodney. And, you know, a lot of people uh, are, are you know, they, they jump on board or they want to get involved with certain things and they really don't know how to do it, right? Yeah. They don't know what, you know, what can I do about this? And if you go to your website, to the All Truckers Together Against Child Abuse, the the quote that stuck up there first, and I really loved it, was uh, by Edmund Burke. It said, nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. What are those little things That's that her. we can do to help with uh, help this, uh, this, this great mission? Well, the very first thing would become a member. Uh, if we get enough members, we can put billboards across this nation and awaken the American people. Because, like I said, the mainstream media is not going to report it because it's that bad. I read a deal this morning that in the last five years, sexual abuse of children, especially girls, has increased 70%. Now, that's to me, is horrifying. 
Uh, I've been told and don't have the facts on it, but uh, several people have told me that California now is teaching in their schools that pedophilia is a normal feeling. Those are the kind of things that us good people got to stand up and say, no, we can't do that. You, It might be a normal feeling for some people, but they're going to destroy whoever they go after. Yeah. Amen. I mean, there's there's a big uh, awareness play, you know, awareness side uh, to push at play here with your organization. Um, what other tools and resources do you have for for drivers and members? Are you are you training them on how to recognize this in themselves or in homes of, of their own home or a friend's home, that kind of thing? Well, we, we try to bring awareness and we'll have a uh, we're working on a system now that uh, called Stop the Cycle. And that will give people information on how to do it. If I did it, anybody can do it. And I tell you, I couldn't do it without God because I had lost all hope otherwise. And, you know, I have empathy, sympathy, and whatever for people that commit suicide because I was on that brink two or three times myself. And that's a scary situation for people to be in. But our younger people are committing suicide more and more. Now, that being said, uh, abuse, sex abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse is the seeds for sex trafficking because those kids are leaving home by the thousands and going to the streets because they they want to feel safe. They're getting snatched up there, sold into sex slavery. And even when a kid gets old enough to leave on their own, their self-esteem is so low. When they get out there, they're so easily manipulated that they're picked up and get into this and can't get out of it. Now, they have people that they pay people to troll the streets to go out and find these people and recognize them and kidnap them and do whatever they have to do and then put them in that sex slave uh, area and they can't get out of it. But we got to stop it at the seed of the abuse. I tell people all the time, you don't eat apple seeds. You know why? They taste bitter. They're horrible because you're not supposed to eat the seed because that's how the plant reproduces. It's the same way with people. You destroy those seeds, and then you can't grow good fruit. You damage those seeds, then the fruit's going to be damaged. Wow. You know, this is resonating with a lot of people who are watching live as well. Um, You know, they're saying, God bless this man. I'm not going to say their names because some of these comments are a little sensitive. Hello, I was abused as a child by a family member. Nico Brown says, anyone who gets to, who works to stop it gets mad respect from me. Yeah, you you do from us as well. We'd we'd like to thank Andy Hendricks from us. For, for introducing you to us and allowing us to at least get some inf- some more information out there and some more awareness. Um, you mentioned the mainstream media a, n- a number of times, but, you know, I think we're, we're not that far away. We're not that, you know, so hopefully we, we get your message out there to the right people. Yeah, hopefully we do. We hopefully. appreciate your time. Well, we appreciate it. Can I give a shout out to some people that's helping us right quick? Yeah, do, do, do it and just tell people where to go to get more info. Okay, Andy Hedrick, of course, with TK7 has united with us. Jake and Scott at CDL Legal in Exit, Kansas, which I would advise anybody, if you go to CDL, you need this service. But they are giving free Attica memberships if you join up with them. Uh, Jay at Big Rig Tees in Tulsa, Oklahoma, made our phenomenal Attica shirts you can see on our website. And then Brian Martin up at uh, Four State Trucks in Joplin, Missouri, has done us a great service, had us up there for a, a video tour of his store and uh, featured Attica. So we'd just like to thank all those people. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Rodney. We appreciate it. it. Take care, sir.
God bless. Thank you. And remind everybody to go to Attica.org. You can join up there. Will do. And I'll right put a on. link in the comment section as well. Take care. All right. Well, that Amazing was a, stats. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was a real big deal. That's um, a really big deal. Well, Emily, you have a tough segment to follow up, but <laughs> I am looking forward to what we're going to be talking about because, uh, you know, there's a lot going on this week. This isn't what's happening on Tuesday. A lot of, <laughs> this is going to be a distraction from it as we have the Venture Tech Summit and we have Freight Waves Live at Home, the WrestleMania of Freight. What's up, Emily? Hey, Dooner. Yes, a tough act to follow, but that was great. He needed to get the word out there. And like you said, we are not too far away from mainstream media. You guys have incredible viewership, incredible fans and viewers. So I think we will definitely get the message out there for him. But yes, speaking of the WrestleMania of Freight, we have Freight Waves Live at home. But before that, we do have our Freight Tech Venture Summit on the 4th and then Freight Waves Live at home on the 5th and 6th of November. So we have a crazy, crazy crazy busy week a lot of stuff going on i'm really excited for it well you know if you were a 90s kid you remember all those aol discs right little yeah. aol discs 100 yeah. hours thousand hours yeah. guess who's the keynote at uh freight tech venture steve case steve case yeah yeah he was ceo of aol during that whole time period probably one of their strongest uh advertising periods ever like one of the greatest campaigns i've ever seen by a company they were ubiquitous probably kind of wasteful too but i mean it it, it worked uh we also get to hear founders journeys and things like that emily any surprises that'll be in store for us at that particular event Well, speaking of Steve Case, it was crazy because in his chat, he mentions that AOL this coming summer will be 35 years old. Yeah, that is just crazy to think that it's been along around for that long. He was talking about it's crazy to think that people had life without the Internet and without things like AOL and Google before. So um, I love it because we not only get to hear from a lot of investment firms and a lot of uh, venture capital uh, firms, but we also get to hear from people who are in the very early stages of growing their business to people like truckstop.com who have very established businesses. So as we've been promoting it, it's from seed to IPO. There's everything in between, too. Yeah, it's tremendous. I really like this. I, I love this part of it. I love this show because of just seeing the new technology that's coming out there and seeing the ingenuity and, and the thought leadership that is out there, it really makes you feel good about the future of this industry. We've seen a lot of innovation, a lot of things change over this past year. And really to see these these entrepreneurs and these really, they're pioneers, really, yeah. moving forward with what's next is going to be tremendous. And bringing them together, like you said, with investors, venture capitalists, et cetera, is, is a tremendous thing. I'm no, really I can't wait to put my to vest on for that one. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So that is that's Wednesday, right? That's that's all day Wednesday. This yeah. is from 9 a.m. to about 5 p.m. There's icebreakers and everything. But then we have at home, which is the event that that's the all inclusive event, right? That brings in everybody. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I can't believe Chicago was a year ago. Chicago, that blizzard. We had to go to Freightways Live at home during a blizzard. We get to the Chattanooga Airport, right? Yeah. Michael Vincent, you had to drive in one of those vans. We had a red vans. You had to drive I half did. the Freightways team there. Some of us <laughs> got to go uh, a little bit easier route, but we had to we had to fly like the big bopper into a storm to get there. But what's going on at Live this year? 
Yeah, it's so crazy to think we were in Chicago a year ago this week. Well, it will actually be next week, but just crazy to think how times have changed. But we are going to bring the energy. A lot of stuff going on. We start off the day on the 5th with a keynote from Shelly Simpson and John Roberts of J.B. Hunt. It is going to be fabulous to hear those two talk, not just about the state of the company, their company, but the state of the industry as a whole. You don't really hear those two talk a lot, so I'm really excited. You hear them talk separately, but not together. So I'm really excited excited for that chat that kicks off our day on the 5th. We have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of what the truck segments. I think we have four what the truck shows in total. So a lot of people wanted to be a part of that. That just goes to show what type of pull you guys have in the industry. And everyone wants to be a part of your show. We also have put that coffee down. Um, on. We did, forgot to mention during the Freight Tech Venture Summit, we're doing a special edition of Great Quarter Guys and also Freightonomics. So all of your favorite FreightWaves TV shows, if you don't see them during the Freight Tech Venture Summit, you'll get to see them during At Home. Just a ton, a ton of fireside chats and a lot of rapid fire demos. Uh, we have about two dozen rapid fire demos. So wow. a lot of companies are showing off a lot of great products. Two very full jam-packed days you guys have to look forward to. Well, Michael, there's a few things. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing the hosting, doing the what the trucks, oh, yeah, doing the put the coffee downs, right. doing whatever Live else. Live desk, they... baby. I love it. But, you know, what I'm also excited for is that I don't have to do yoga and, and run the stretch because a couple of events ago, we had a lot of like we had a lot of camera sections we had to do. So we got yeah. creative. And then going into lunch, we were trying to teach the people how to stress. And then I was like, Emily, we should never do that again. We should no. get we should get Rhonda at Global Trans who always has us in the gym on the TV. Well, she's going to lead the stretching this time. The other exciting thing we have, that because that's got me super pumped, but no one else has me super uh, pumped. Are, 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 the author of Super Pump, Mike <laughs> Isaac, he's doing a keynote full of speed ahead with yeah. Craig Fuller. He was actually supposed to be in Atlanta. We were supposed to be in person. I'm right. so excited to have him here at our very next at home. Have you heard that one, Emily Zink? Yes, I have. I've heard them all. So I, I get a sneak peek of all the greatness. So I, I will let you guys know that this content is fabulous. And obviously, like you mentioned, his book, Super Pump, he has quite the inside look into Uber as a company. And it's really, really remarkable, the stories he has to tell. So you will not want to miss that one. That will be on day two, um, around 1030 on the 6th, on Friday the 6th. So a lot of stuff going on. Really looking forward to that. And you mentioned yoga with Rhonda from Global Trans. Yes, uh, it, it was long last time um, in May. So we were getting people stretching up there. And I think we... Uh, it's good that we hired a professional to really take us through that yoga. And a lot of people have been talking about how 2020 has just stressed them out. This has been um, a taxing year for a lot of people, and we just think it's a fabulous way to give back, to give people time to breathe from 1230 to 1, both Thursday and Friday. Um, Rhonda from Global Trans will be leading that live yoga session. If you don't want to do yoga, we'll still have icebreakers available, so um, you could either Namaste, be zen, or you could meet some new people in network. Lots, yeah, a lot of fun Namaste. stuff. Getting, Namaste. Getting nasty, tearing it apart, having a good time. Live.freightwaves.com. <laughs> yeah. Register yeah. live, free, virtually all of these events. You know when you register, you get gifts in the mail. You get good stuff. Rhonda, speaking to her, she uh, she registered for the last event. She got a $50 gift card to our swag store. She bought a, she, she's got a snow hat already. She got a T-shirt. It all arrived. Sweet. Quick shipping. You know, probably some surprise giveaways too. Live.freightwaves.com. We you also got yoga look, mats in there. 
What's that? Do we have yoga mats in that swag? Uh, if we don't, we will next time. <laughs> there you we go. get the Freight Tech Awards coming. Yeah, I was going to say, what about the Freight Tech Awards? I can't see, wait it. to see the list. Who wins yeah. that? I think I'm going to win this year. You, you think you got the Freight <laughs> Am I eligible? Tech? You have been campaigning. <laughs> Am I eligible? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, a couple comments here, too. Tom Carey says, man, those AOL just incredible story of what they did there. Nico Brown is a gamer. I think we have AOL to thank for the birth of game demos. Well, I don't know about that, Nico. I'm kind of a nerd. And I used to go in electronics boutique and... Some of the games came with games. <laughs> Tom Curry said, Tom Curry, we got to look out for him. He might just show up here during the week. He said he might just show up and, and experience live at home coming right to Frayed Alley. Uh, we do not recommend you doing that. <laughs> still, still in lockdown. Uh, you can find this show, What the Truck. Look it up on your favorite podcast player. If you want every single Freightways podcast, look up Freightcast. There's 16 days straight of audio on there, including all of our live events, including all the shows we mentioned today, like Great Quarter Guys, Freightonomics, The Morning Minute, all of that great stuff. You can find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. You can find him at Vincent the Dude and Emily Zink, who you just saw at the table, and you'll be seeing at Freightways Live at Home. You can find her at Emily Zink. That's S-Z-I-N-K. Thank you all for joining us today. Download that Freightwaves TV app. Go to live.freightwaves.com and register. Put those abusers in jail. Look how about for Rodney Tins and some Amen. of the folks in the comments, too, who shared their stories. Peace and love all you. We'll see you during the week. Peace and love.